The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative Word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you miss that and you want to catch it, you can do so up until 3 o'clock at which time he'll be live in that area. On the right side of the page is where we are. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got, and look for the Rumble icon there in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, click on that. You can join us in the chat. A lot of friends over there this morning. So good morning, you guys. Good to see you. And uh, while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is where we're at on Rumble, and uh, we appreciate you guys and your support. Also, before it's news.com, top of the page, we're streaming live over there. Just want to let you know something else. Uh, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, left side of the page there where Bradley's show is. Today, Tommy Robinson is going to be back on. The Sons of Liberty is going to be on with Bradley today. And, uh, boy, we've had some conversation about that, about going over there and uh, doing some events, so we're going to see what happens. So any of you people over there in England, (laughs) I guess our main contact is going to be Tommy and and Kate, Uh, but any of you people over there in England, you want to draw a crowd, and you want the Sons of Liberty to come over there, help us get that together. Uh, We'd love to do it, and we want to bring Tommy over here to speak to Americans about what's going on, because what's going on here, same thing going on with him. Maybe we'll do a, you know, Double duo there, bring him and Kate over, do it. I, I don't know. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens with all that. But that's that's in the talks, at least. So we'll see what happens with it. Uh, over at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live, is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. It's on the right side of the page. And if you do that, you can get all of our articles that we put out, including the Morning Show Archive, right in your inbox. And all you got to do is fill that out, and you should get that just fine. Also, let me make note of... The uh, book that we're we're talking, we've been talking about, the Soldier of the Cross. I I started it. I, I went four or five chapters in. I told Bradley, I said, you know, we, there needs to be some correction. He goes, well, you make the correction, send it back to me. So I had to start again. 
<laughs> with my little highlighter and make the mark. So I'm halfway through it again, but I, I've had so much going on, I haven't had a chance to sit down and actually go back and read it. But hopefully I get that opportunity this weekend and get that out of the way. But Soldier of the Cross, we got the bundle. $34, you get the book, you get a shirt of your size, and you get the dog tag in the color of your choice, black or silver. $34, it's a little more if you're double X or larger. Also, the shirts are available for $20, double uh, X or a little more. Um, so those are those are available in the store. Then the book by itself is available, as well as the dog tag. book is $10. The dog tags are 8 and then we also have all the profits we're pointing to the front. That's also $10. So you can get all those at the store. And I don't know why I'm hitting the wrong buttons. I know what happened. When I went out of town in Orlando, I programmed because I only had one screen. You guys saw, oh, it was horrendous to watch my interview with Kate and uh, D. Because, man, I was showing all just everything on there. It was just crazy. Uh, and the reason was I used the F buttons at the top of the uh, the keyboard. So when I hit F5, I usually hit use that to refresh pages. So during the music there, I refreshed and Lynn didn't see it. But she got on camera and you caught her when she wasn't looking. And, and I've done that with other people. So I've got to take that off because it's just it's driving me crazy. I want to make one correction. And I did it by way of an article, and I made mention of this when we had Tommy on on Friday. I, I mentioned to you guys, uh, the guy, the martyr who lifted his hands, I just want to share this real quick before we bring Lynn on. Um, and you can read the story, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of it here this morning. I got the guys, I got it wrong. Uh, it wasn't Cranmer Ridley and Latimer. Uh, those guys, you know, were, were burned at the stake as well. It was a guy by the name of Thomas Hawks. And so I wanted to correct that for you guys. And I just wanted to share with you what was going on. You know, Polycarp, he was a disciple of the Apostle John. And they came, you got to read his story. It's, you want to talk about gracious. You want to talk about humility. This guy took the, the, the men who came to take him to his death. He prayed for them. He made a meal for them. It shamed them that they had to take him. And then when they took him to the stake, they were going to use nails to hold him to the stake. And he said, that, that's not necessary. You know, the one who's who's kept me all this time, he'll give me grace to endure the flame. What, do you hear men talk like that today? Huh. This is this. I'm just going to read you this. It's just a couple of paragraphs, and then we're going to bring Lynn on. Thomas Hawkes came from a respectable family in England, serving as a page at the court of King Edward VI. He was known as a handsome young man with gentle manners, and when he became of age, he entered the service of the Lord of Oxford, where he remained for some time, being liked by all the household. When King Edward died, religion changed and Protestants began to be in danger. Rather than change his faith, he left his position with the Lord of Oxford and went back to his own home. Having married while in Oxford, a son was born to him not long after he returned home. He did not want the child baptized by a Catholic priest, and so he put off the baptism for three weeks. His enemies, on hearing this, that he wouldn't baptize his baby with a Catholic, use a Catholic priest to baptize his baby, had him brought before the magistrate charged with being unsound in religion. Can you imagine? After a hearing, he was sent to London and tried before the Bishop of London, who, after being unable to get Hawks to, re, to recant his fate, placed him as a prisoner in the gatehouse of Westminster. 
during Hawk's imprisonment, various plans were... T- this is for not baptizing his kid with a Catholic priest. This would be like me going and grab, grabbing my Baptist brother and wanting to charge him for something because he won't baptize his baby. This is just silly. This is just... It really is silly. This is very... If you ask me, it's very pharisaical. It, it really is. So they placed him in this prison. Uh, he wouldn't recant. But all proved useless. Thomas's constant answer to all who spoke to him on the subject was, I am no changeling. When responding to the Bishop of London, who urged him to give up his faith, he said, No, my Lord, that I will not, for if I had a hundred bodies, I would suffer them all to be torn in pieces rather than I will abjure and recant. Again, how many men do you hear talking like that today? Unable to get him to recant, they passed the awful sentence of death upon him. Wow, just crazy. To this, he firmly replied that he would rather suffer death than renounce his faith in the gospel. Now, here's where things got interesting and quite glorious. Listen to what happened. While in prison, waiting till he be taken to the stake, Hawks was allowed to see his friends. Several of them asked him if, he, if it would be possible for him to give them some token to show that a man could suffer the fire without despairing. This is some... Hawks promised, quote, by the help of God to show them that the most terrible torments could be endured in the glorious cause of Christ and His gospel, the comforts of which were able to lift the believing soul above all the injuries of men could inflict, end quote. It was agreed between them that if the pains of burning were bearable, the martyr should lift up his hands toward heaven before he died in a, as a signal to his friends. On April the 10th, 1555, Thomas was led to the place of execution where he mildly and patiently prepared himself for the fire. Being fastened to the stake with a strong chain about his middle, he addressed the multitude of onlookers, including his accusers, pointing out the sin and dreadful consequences of shedding innocent blood. After Hawks had made a prayer, I mean, this sounds just like what you read with the Scottish Covenanters, too. I mean, these guys, wow. Just incredible. After Hawks made a prayer, pouring out his soul into God, the flames were kindled around him and soon blazed with such fierceness that his speech could not be, could not be heard, or heard by the flame's intensity. As the fire burnt a long time, his skin was drawn together and his fingers were consumed, and having not moved, the people thought him dead. Suddenly, and contrary to all expectation... Thomas, mindful of the promise he had made to his friends, engulfed in the flame, his fingers are burned off. If you can even get this picture in your head. Mindful of the promise he had made to his friends, raised his hands, still burning with flames, high above his head, as if in an ecstasy of joy, clapped them together three times. And a great shout followed this wonderful circumstance, and then this blessed martyr of Christ, sinking down into the fire, gave up his spirit. Is this the God you serve who can do things like this? Is this the God you serve who can give you grace in the time of greatest adversity where you would, in the flesh, want to lash out at the people doing it to you? Or is it to submit to the will of God and to give him glory in the fact that he gives you grace to endure 
such a death. I, I, I am amazed, not at the man. I'm amazed at the God who does this, who does this in men, that he can give them such grace that they can endure these kinds of things. And guys, we're enduring all kinds of things now. Nothing like what this guy did. We're enduring all kinds of things. But there's a lot of persecution that's happened and that's going to happen uh, because the people have, we, we've departed, in our land, we've departed wickedly from our God. We have. And there's going to be suffering that, that comes as a result of it. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that God would grant repentance in a widespread way. But I don't know in history where that's happened. I, Nineveh happened. So, so it is possible if men of God would preach the word of God and the Spirit would come behind that. But again, this feels like comment. This feels like the uh, <clears throat> Rotten to the Core Wednesday today uh, because we do have uh, Lynn Taylor, the Common Core Diva, with us. And uh, good morning, Lynn. Good to see you. Well, thank you so much. And what a wonderful story. It kind of reminds me a little bit of some of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's yes. uh, writings from prison there under Nazi Germany, which is a wonderful segue. <laughs> We're going to be updating the move that is in Congress right now. It's called the Crucial Communism Teaching Act. Now, We've done a show on it before, lots and lots of resources. It is embedded in my article that I've just come out with that's called A Nation Swindled. And it's kind of updated where we are because I was asked by Brandon House over on uh, Worldview Weekend. He and I did a show and he's like, look, if there are any other updates, please let us know. So this is what today is, just letting you know. Now, since that original show that you and I did, Tim, with all the resources that were put into it, I have discovered. There's a sister bill in the Senate. So this is not just the House of Representatives doing this to us. This, again, is a bicameral uh, move. And so the Senate bill is Senate 634. The House bill is H.R. 5349. They both have the same name and they are carbon copies of each other, which I have called uh, in previous shows the twin sister bills. And so I just want to update that I have been able to trace where the curriculum is from, who's behind the curriculum, the people who are donating to the organizations that claim to be conservative and godly and want good things for America, but are contributing to the same things that we keep seeing, the collusion between government and private entities, the collusion between the Republicans and the Democrats. Now, I've also been able to find out there is a uh, victim of Communism Memorial Caucus that's bipartisan in Congress. Wait, can you go over that again? What was that caucus? The Victims of Communism Caucus. And I've got the link embedded in today's article. So we want to make if you would show that article for everyone, Tim, please, so they can see that. Yeah, let me let me I was just going through it and pulling up some uh, some other things here. So sure. This is it here. But yeah, you'll see the the nation in distress signal. And, you know, I've used that one before, not just on my show, but on shows I've done with uh, other people as well to show that not as all as as great and wonderful as we're being told. Now, where I'd like to start today is with the Oxford Dictionary, 1971 English translation of what communism is. And the reason why I wanted to choose that one was because if you know anything about the Oxford Dictionary, it's about this big 
and every word you could possibly think of is in there. And the font is so small that you have to either have really, really good vision or you take a picture and then blow it up. But my point is, it gives you more than the definition. It gives you context. It gives you historical references as to where you can find more information. And so that's why I wanted to start with this one. But it tells you that a communism is a theory which advocates a state of society where should be no private ownership, all property being vested in the community and labor organized for the common benefit of all members. The professed principle being that each should work according to his capacity and receive according to his wants. Now, it goes on to tell you that communism begins with things, whereas socialism begins with people. Interesting. And we're living, we're living in a government, and not just here in America, but in other nations as well, where we've seen a collusion between communism and socialism. And I've also embedded for us today a very good book that was uh, mentioned by Pastor Greg Young when he and I did a show on this about are we a republic or are we a democracy? Because that is the that is the misnomer that Congress has, is that we are a, demo, a democracy. But let me finish up with this Oxford um, definition real quick. Communism applies to any practice which carries any of this theory in whole or in part. Communism, a communist is anyone who adheres to this entire theory. They yearn for equal divisions of unequal earnings. And logical communists bitterly complain of the nationalization of the land as a device of the bourgeois to save the nationalism of capital. Interesting. Interesting. You know, you know Lynn, I, I'm, mm -hmm. I, I brought up a video here. It's only about 50. It's only about a minute. Right. And it goes in with what you're saying, because you know what I did? I went to what? Webster's 1828. Do you know, I'm sure there are better definitions. Do yeah. you know communism is not a word then? That's, well, you know, that's it, I mean, it really, yeah, it really okay. doesn't start to come in until later when you get marks. Uh, well, the, yeah, 1848. This yes. gentleman by the name of, I can't remember his first name, but his last name was Barnby. And he was addressing a group in France. They were called the Equalitarians. And he mentioned communism. And he noted, and Oxford noted that it wasn't long after that that communism became the mainstream idea in society. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's all because of the it's again, it's utilizing the language. I, I've told people on the show many times. That the socialists come in and they undermine the language. They start taking definitions. And I gave a few. So mm -hmm. let me play this little thing right sure. here because I think this is important because we've talked right. about bills, how they present them to us with freedom, mm -hmm. liberty, you know, right. lawful sounding titles. And then when you go into them, it's like it's the direct opposite. Anything of that. but, yeah. So listen mm -hmm. to this preacher here and give me your thoughts on this as to what he says. He, he gives many uh, examples of what I'm talking about. Check this out. Hold on. Somehow, we don't have any, any volume. Oh, wait, I know what it is. I went to bring it up, and I muted the, uh, the browser. So here we go. To make sin adaptable to accept. So instead of changing our ways, we will change the wording. Instead of pedophilia, we'll call it minor attracted people. 
Instead of sexual exploitation, let's call it adult entertainment. Mm -hmm. Instead of sex cults where we bump and grind, we'll just call them music clubs. Instead of adultery, we'll call it swinging and open marriages. Instead of mental illness, let's call it gender dysphoria. Instead of gender mutilation, let's call it gender transitioning. Preach. Instead of fornication, let's call it intimacy. Instead of lust, let's call it love. Instead of calling it a spiritual battle of good and evil, let's call it political. Let's call it a, a phobia. Let's call it hate speech. Call it something else. We are not called baby killers. We're called abortionists. It's no longer sin. It's a complex. It's an addiction. It's a disorder. It's an obsession. So we don't feel bad about our sins we change the name of them and when we hear the truth preached we feel conviction but we condemn the preacher as hate speech will change whoa how do you like that wow i mean isn't well, that isn't that what they're doing with virtually every word it isn't just it isn't just the sins they, they are doing it with that no but so doing we'll feel good about our government as yep. our government increases to become more tyrannical right. and more more towards totalitarianism. Ooh, I got that one out. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say that go and look at all the the different interviews that are going to be embedded today. Look at all the different points that I bring out about the HR 5349. Now, at that point, I didn't realize that there was a sister bill because you know, I just didn't know. But the sister bill came out in March of 2023, whereas the House version came out in September. The House version is getting much more traction because you have a celebrity politician behind it. Now, think about that. But again, if you look at the press release, uh, representative after representative talks about America as a dem democracy, that we have democratic roots, that we have to preserve that. But if you look at the people who are sponsoring this, they're all Republican in name only. They absolutely are. Not one Democrat has signed up on either the Senate version or the um, House version. And why? Because they want to do that famous Oh, it's all the other guy's fault. Oh, sure. It's all the Democrats' fault that we have this, this socialistic government on our hands. Are you kidding me? Go back and look at Charlotte Izzerbeet's Soviets in the Classroom, and she will tell you, as she did in 1989, Tim, it's not just one side of the aisle. It is a collusion between America and the former Soviet Union. Well, okay, fine. So let's talk about 2023. The former Soviet Union was broken up. Or was it? Because you still have communism in the world. You still have socialism. You still have Marxism. You still have fascism. All the isms, but Americanism and patriotism are surviving and thriving. Now, Americanism and patriotism are hanging on. They absolutely are. But the goal is, as your preacher was just pointing out, the goal is to change it from what it was, which is a constitutional republic, into a member state democracy to adhere to whom? Oh, you know them and you hate them, the United Nations. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, this was mm -hmm. something I came across the other day. This was uh, Alex Newman, and he was reporting on Trump's education plan. Is ten point plan now? When we covered when we covered Trump, it was clear they were pushing uh, the Soviet style education. His wife was oh, pushing he was it. Was embracing it? Yeah, 
now hook, line, and sinker. Now he's saying we're going to. This was this is from um, uh, Alex's Substack here. Yeah. He quotes Trump as saying, "We're going to end education coming out of Washington D.C." Oh, please! Why, in the name of all that's holy, did he not do it the first time? Well, because that's he wasn't going to. This is obviously He's not going the question. To either. Yeah, this is the obvious question: is why weren't these things done before? Then he's also come out, you know, in favor of people making their own choices about um, murdering their babies. Uh, so, the th- the whole twisted mindset is: I think he's now saying whatever he's got to say to appeal to whoever he's got to appeal to to do these kinds of things. And he's whoring votes. That's well, that's exactly what it is. And so yeah, I wanted absolutely. people to be aware of that because when you hear it, you've got to be reminded of what he did for four years. And that was push that Soviet style, uh, education agenda, a whole UN kind of, uh, agenda for education. That's what he was well, doing. Of, just like the of, others. Of course. But you know what you and I did shows for five years. That was before Trump and through Trump and post Trump. And nothing changed, Tim. It only got worse. Now, in our previous show on this, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we talked about the Heritage Foundation's uh, game plan for the next conservative president to end Marxism. And I questioned then, well, if Heritage really gave a rat's bottom about America, why did they why did they? target the next conservative president why if you really didn't just care about america why didn't you just say the next president conservative or liberal yeah because, because they all are posted here the same law right heritage is in on this curriculum change that congress is pumping out. whoa yes they yeah. absolutely are and this is why i wanted to update today was because we have to get into the weeds and i know people people have gotten frustrated with me about i get too much in the weeds but tim if we don't expose that the very conservative quasi-conservative rhino republicans are shoving this just as hard as those flaming liberal other people, what good are we doing? What service are we giving? Yeah, we're not giving we're them not. any service. We're not. We absolutely. We're actually not. giving so, cover for the traders. Well, absolutely, and I absolutely will not do that. So let me get into it. Okay, here now there is an image that I want people to see. It is the first one where you say the historical symbols of communism. Let's go there real quick. Okay, historical most, symbols of communism. Where where yeah. am I at on that? Okay, that is going to be. Under both bills and the paragraph where I say, wait, what, Lynn? All you have to do, are you sure? And all you have to do is look at the accepted level of communism, socialism, and uh-huh. fascism. Gotcha. Okay? Got okay. It. So I wanted people to see that because most people will think just the Russian hammer and sickle. But look at that. And look at some of the colors that are used there, Tim. What colors do you see? Yeah, Not just red, red white, and, and blue. R- uh, ooh. And what colors did we use? Yeah, red, white, and blue. And of course, and then the red and yellow, or just the red for the uh, right. the open Absolutely. comment. Yeah. Absolutely. So, why I'm teasing this out, and you, you can you can get off that image now, is because I tell you in red letters, big red letters in this articles, that both bills are being sold as imperative to thwart outside of America communism, yet do nothing to call out the already existing ideology that is related to communism or full-blown communism that already exists. This curriculum 
is doing the same thing that I've seen a shift in the dictionaries do, and they all point to outside entities. They don't point to what exists in America. And the reason why I like the Oxford Dictionary version, even though it was 1971, was because it didn't didn't point fingers at what country or what government. It just said, here is the platform and here's it's, it's available for everybody. And darn if we haven't taken it. So this is why I'm very upset with Congress and anyone who is supporting this or anyone who is saying, oh, but yes, we have to teach communism. Honey, look at when we did actually teach it. Americans knew it was an enemy. It was when we stopped teaching it and now suddenly to be the savior of our children and this Gen X or, or Gen Z or whatever stupid generation we're on, because they're so favorable to socialism, we have to reinsert communism and all those ideologies. No, not all of them. Mm -mm, no. Communism, socialism, and other similar Fascism. ideologies. But they don't mention that by name, but they will tell you totalitarianism, which is exactly where we are right. in America. Yep. But but my I'm trying to I'm getting lost in my point. My point is by only selecting a few buzzwords, what are we doing with this new curriculum? We're changing people's minds using language. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. So let's get on with it. The Victim of Communism Memorial Foundation is a non-government, oh, excuse me, it is a nonprofit that was set into law by the federal government. It receives federal grants in the form of the Victims of Communism Memorial Fund will spend the money and the federal government reimburses them, as well as private donors. The Victim of Communism has been tasked through both bills, H.R. 5349 and Senate Bill 634, to be in charge of the national curriculum. So we're setting up a government-funded, nonprofit, public-private organization to be in charge of national curriculum instead of letting our states decide, as it should be, per the Constitution. We're not even getting a full-blown education company. We're getting a memorial fund that has education and research as an arm of it. So who's behind the curriculum? Well, very quickly, because I know I'm going to run out of time here today, <laughs> uh, these align, the, the, the core standards are for K through 12. They're aligned to a 2008 version. So what does that scream? <gasps> Common Core. They are aligned to the National Center for History at the University of California, Los Angeles, under the guidance of the National Council for History Standards. In other words, they're aligned to the next generation science standards, which includes now social studies. Well, if you're aligned to Common Core, you have to have a state that's responsible, don't you? I mean, that's the way this question has worked. Yep. <gasps> Would you like to know which two states? Please. Florida. Hello. And South Carolina. Hello. And both of them, the, let's let's the put Santas let's, and Lindsey Graham. Yeah, but let's let's talk about that with South Carolina because yeah, you know, all the people want to go with this Democrat Republican stuff. Both of those mm -hmm. are Republicans. We have Henry McMaster down here, mm -hmm. and uh, everybody says, "Oh, you know, it was the Democrats that did this during the convict." Wait a minute. 
Henry McMaster shut down a lot of government things, including DMV. We had to go in there and make appointments to even go down there and just do some basic stuff with the DMV, which we shouldn't even we shouldn't even have the DMV. There's no need for it. I, I, I know. Uh, but I, I, but these are Republicans who are pushing this. So it goes back to your point about the fact that they don't do what their name declares uh, right. in there. And and I want I want people to understand. Yes. We use a democratic process to elect representatives. We use a democratic process to push forward bills and things of that nature. But but the law is what is supposed to govern us, and those laws that they write are supposed to be based upon God's law and the confines of what we gave authority for them to write law and fund and things in Article One of the Constitution. Absolutely. Now, in today's article, you're going to find links to everything which I'm bringing up. So these groups that I'm naming, I'll even give you links back to um, DeSantis's latest move to align to this Victims of Communism Memorial Fund. And remember, he's been picked as one of the, the poster boys for, you know, leading the nation, if not in this election future generation, uh, future elections. Uh, I go on to tell you that not only do we have these aligned to Common Core state standards, but they're also using online platforms that horribly data mine you to kingdom come and they're international companies. These uh, This curriculum is available to homeschoolers as well as those in public and private schools. And the entire team behind the education staff or the Victims of Communism Memorial Fund, real quickly, Okay, they are Dr. Peter Rowling. He has ties to George Washington University. Dr. Peter B-O-E-T-T-K-E, George Mason University. Uh, You'll hear that one again as well. Uh, We have Dr. Merrick John, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, from the Institute World uh, Politics, also uh, Columbia University. Paul A. Goebel. Institute for World Politics. He was a former special advisor at the U.S. State Department as well as the CIA. We have Dr. R. Gregory of Stanford and Hoover Institute, who is also a graduate of Harvard. We have Dr. Jacob Greigel, who was from the Catholic University and Georgetown University. Dr. Hope McHarrison, George Washington University, as well as a member of the Council of Foreign Relations. Dr. John Earl Haynes, from Florida State University, also the University of California at Berkeley, the University of Minnesota. Dr. Paul Congor from Grove City College in Pennsylvania. He was a former visiting fellow of Stanford University as well as Hoover Institute. He's also a professor at the American University School of International Service as well as the University of Pennsylvania. Then we have Dr. Harvey Clyer, Emory professor, and then he's recently retired from there. He's on the National Council of Humanities, as well as UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, we have Dr. Excuse me, Mark Kramer, who is a Harvard professor. Dr. A. James McAdams from Notre Dame. We have Dr. Sean McMeekin from Bard College, a professor at Stanford University, as well as a graduate of University of California, Berkeley. Dr. Tara O from the University of California at Davis, Princeton, and then the University of Texas at Austin. I'm almost done. David Satter of John Hopkins, the University of Chicago, Oxford as well. Dr. Excuse me, George Weigel, who is a senior fellow of ethics and at the Ethics and Policy Center, as well as the University of Baltimore, St. Mary's Seminary, and St. Michael's. 
And finally, Dr. Flag Taylor, who is on our short list for the ones who directly uh, wrote the curriculum. And if you look at the ties of those particular people, they are also tied to Hillsdale, Hillsdale College, Pepperdine, we have Skidmore College, we have Princeton, as I've already said, Boston College, Ashland College, and every one of these colleges somehow, some way is tied in to Common Core or whatever it's been rebranded. But yet they're going to objectively lead the nation as well as pay for the curriculum so you, the people, don't have to pay for it. But, oh, yes, we really do because they're federally funded. But wait a minute, what about all those private funds? Ooh, I have links to all that too. Okay, very quickly. The Sarah Schaefer Foundation, which is a champion of supposedly right to center ethics in America, is out of Pennsylvania. And this is directed, all her money is directed to public policy in major domestic issues as well as international ones. Now, Influence Watch says that she, her foundation is a center to right public policy organization. She's also the niece of the former U.S. Treasury Secretary Andrew W. Mellon, who merged with the Carnegie family to create the Carnegie Mellon University, which does what, Tim? Prop up skill-based education or the Prussian-Russian communist model of education. Oh! <gasps> Okay, in 2020, she gave a million point four dollars to George Mason University. Told you it'd come up again. One point three million to Heritage Foundation. One point three to Hoover in, uh, Institute. Sourcewatch.org says that she gave Alec a hundred and hundred thousand dollars. Arizona State University, which is a well-known partner of the socialistic-minded United Nations, 60000 Carnegie Mellon got 185000 The Catholic University got 120000 uh, 120, Freedom Works Foundation, 275000 And if you'll remember, Suzanne and I did a very big special on Freedom Works as uh, their collusion with Betsy DeVos trotted out to do what? Spearhead the 2024 elections to use school choice as the widget to throw the election the GOP Republican way. All right, I'm not done yet. Heartland Institute, 200,000. Uh, 200, Heritage Foundation, 1,300,000. The Institute for uh, Religion and Democracy, $320,000. Pepperdine University, one hundred and fifty thousand. The Ronald Reagan Foundation, two hundred and fifty thousand. And you and I did a show on how they had aligned to the United Nations yep, as well, Tim. That's right. And then finally, the Voices of Communism for the Memorial Fund, six hundred and ten thousand. The National Philanthropic Trust is also in on this as well, and we've done shows on that. I have articles on them on my blog as well. They are a group that will advise any donor. Or as my husband would say, any group that has more money than sense, on which place to put their money. Okay, um, they are the largest group that helps guide donating or philanthropic efforts in the United States. Well, they gave uh, donors that excuse me, they gave advice for donors to continue to recommend grants for organizations that were 
using vital human services and working to strengthen democracy, Tim, all while remaining loyal to schools, faith-based groups, and the arts. All right, real quickly, the Strait Foundation out of Texas. Don't make the mistake of Googling Strait Foundation or you might get the one who's um, hooked into AI. This particular one is out of Texas. They um, absolutely want to fund, if possible, Texas groups first, but they'll go beyond Texas into the nation. Okay. Now, CauseIQ.com says they are a private owned 501c3. Their executive director is Randall Woodruff and Paul Robeson. Okay. Uh, let's see here. The Strait Foundation usually funds Roman Catholic affiliated groups. Their preference is for Texas, but they are very interested in higher education. So in 2019, they gave $5,000 to Teach for America. No common core ties there, Tim. Right. $5,000 <laughs> to KIPP schools. KIPP schools. Absolutely. What is a KIPP school? What is that? That is something that was dreamed up when Common Core first came out. It is a a private entity, and I'm sorry, I don't remember what the KIPP stands for, but just let's just say that the administration at the time really, really backed them up. Okay, we have $2,500 for Freedom Works, $2,500 for United Way of Greater Houston, which we know United Way is very definitely a United Nations partner. And in 2018, they gave the Voice of Communism Memorial Fund $10,000. Moving on, we have the Diana Davis Spencer Foundation based in Maryland. According to uh, Influence Watch, she espouses foundational values of the United States, but she also uh, upholds global business practices. She's very interested, especially in national security. And I give you the tab directly to her education um, stance because she supports Cradle to Grave as well as KIPP, NFTE, and the Teach for America. And NFT is for the Network for the Foundation of Entrepreneurship. But if we look at what that ties to, it ties to the blended career path, problem-based or project-based learning, which again goes back to a very liberal socialistic book society that brought that model into America. Okay, so let's see here. They work with Apple Tree Institute for Education Innovation. Uh, This foundation supports Heritage Foundation, the Institute for Justice, the National Right to Work, which is if you've seen the right to work states, that's where the career paths and the Prussian model for cradle to grave uh, skill based learning is put put into place. All right. Influence Watch has her as a right of center grant making foundation. She is the daughter of the former U.S. ambassador to Switzerland. And she's carrying on her father and mother's foundation. And in one, uh, excuse me, uh, 2019, $1.2 million to the Center for Education Reform, which advised President Trump, as well as others, to continue the common core illusion in America. Okay, and let's make sure that everybody gets exactly what we're saying. Right. While, While all of this is going on, the people who are still playing the red and blue game the Republican-Democrat game, the conservative-liberal game, the, you know, 
whatever you want to call the the name the political names that you want to use, you're still playing that game thinking if you get your guy in there with his jersey on that you want to cheer on when he does the slam dunk, the touchdown, the spiking the football, whatever, they're pushing the same agenda. No matter what they say out of their mouth, they're pushing the same agenda with their actions. And that's what you've got to look at. This is the thing I was I was looking at, you know, with what Alex had reported. He was reporting on right. what Donald Trump said. And I guess it'd be great if he actually followed through with what what he said he would do. But again, he's had four years to do that, and everybody's going to say, well, the, all the Democrats were after him, and he was being impeached. And all. He had people taking care of that. He wasn't—he's not the one taking care of that. He had attorneys. He had all these other people taking care of that. He was still pushing and advancing the same agenda with different language. He was using language that appealed to the people— and in yep. some things he in some things he actually did some good things. I'm not going to say he did it. Right. But the overall agenda was still going in the same direction it is. Debt, social uh, Soviet style education or indoctrination mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and the attacks on liberty. I mean, who can forget his comment about taking your guns first and due process second? It was not it was not a republican. It was totalitarianism. That's that's what it was. Right. Well, if you look at the Voice of Communism Memorial Foundation's 22 annual report, you're going to see those uh, groups I just named, but you're also going to see um, that, let's see here. Oh, yes, I already gave you that quote about the National Philanthropic Trust. Okay, the one YouTube video that I had embedded did not uh, come through. I'm so sorry, but it was the Capital Research Center. Now, they're supposed to be independent of uh right or left. They're supposed to be the one that's in the center. And the reason why I pointed out this particular video, and I'll have to make sure that everybody gets that for the archives, it's about three minutes, but it's talking about that communism is always going to be violent. And it shows some of the things and uh, that we are seeing happen right before our eyes about people's personal property being taken away, about people having schools tell them this is what you'll learn and here's where you'll work and live. And if you don't, here's the gulag for you. And my point was, was that while Capital Research Center is supposed to be down the middle and independent, even their ties are to former presidents Reagan and Bush, Hoover Institute and Heritage Foundation. So are we really looking at independent research or are we being told hey we are warming you up for what's to come see these are the questions i want you to ask about all this go back and read everything our you know my former article on this the former show that i've done on this all the different interviews today's article and then i want you to go down to the bottom because i give you for um further research, everything that I've mentioned here. I want you to, uh, Tim, if you will, go down to the bottom just before the closing. I want you to see, and if you can't see it, I want you to hear it described. This is what's called a continuum of socialism, okay? And if you need to enlarge that, we absolutely can enlarge that. Hang on just a second. Let me open that. In yep, a I've got it up here. Okay. All right. So the question at the top is, To whom do you want your tax money to benefit? The rich and powerful or the people? So you got a choice or you think you do. All right. So if you 
look at this, you've got communism, which will say, well, no, it goes only to the government. The people will say, well, no, we're going to be democratic socialism over it because we need sustainable energy, sustainable manufacturing, free education and free health care. That's precisely where we are right now and have been for a while. Okay. And it goes on to give you that the members of government, corruption, pollution, climate change, war. Then we have the oogliarchy, which is the rich and the corporations, which again, this is everything we're seeing happen right before us in our government. But yet we still have people who will say, oh, well, the Republicans are going to save us off from all this gloom and doom. And then we have they're in on it, too. Then we have people on the other side going, well, you know what? The Republicans have run us in the ground and here's our way up and out. But look, a bipartisan caucus. You cannot tell me that it's one side more so than the other side. So here it is right here. I'm going to read you the closing. (sighs) From a research standpoint, there's absolutely no difference between the Republican and Democratic parties in education. And I don't have to share this, but I will. I am not a socialist. I do not believe in or support communism, fascism, Marxism, and most especially totalitarianism. I believe in our God-given rights as supreme. And next to that, the rights and liberties a constitutional republic affords me. I have fought against the globalism, especially knowing the roots of the shift in America stem from a mix of all the ideologies which are not in our foundation All right, I go on and tell you to look at the particular old uh, definitions. And then I close with this. Make no mistake, I am not attacking the Republicans because all the sponsors and co-sponsors of S-634 and H.R. 5349 are, nor am I supporting the Democrats who've yet to weigh in. But how can we deny that they will not join in? Remember, it's a bipartisan Congress that, uh, excuse me, caucus that exists to fight communism. But I am calling out these quasi-do-good patriotic foundations uh, who are using millions of their fortunes and how many of them actually earn this money themselves, Tim, or have profited off of someone else's labor, which is what? A form of hmm? Yep, that's exactly what it is. Okay. Uh, But they're using this to influence and change America's policies. And remember, policies are not law. So my burning question that I want to leave everyone with, why are we so laser focusing on one type of communism outside our borders, but not focusing and solving the levels of communism and all related ideologies that are already among us? And Charlotte blew the whistle. Alex has blown the whistle. I'm blowing the whistle. Others have blown the whistle. I'm not just pointing out just, you know, for my glorification. I'm I'm telling you, we are not wrong and we're not alone. That's right. Yeah. Let, let me let me see if we can go here to to our foundations, sure. because, it's you know, it's one thing to show people all the bad stuff. They get that. They, they, I, I think at least the people in here in, who listen right. to the Sons of Liberty, they get that there's a lot of bad stuff. We, we get all that. Uh, sometimes we have a hard time putting it together to see the bigger picture uh, off of just, you know, uh, one thing here, one thing there. 
But uh-huh. I, you know, I go back and I, I talk about departing wickedly from our God. And you know, the psalmist writes about this. Psalm chapter uh, chapter eighteen. Just want to read this section of scripture. You yeah. guys know we usually go to Deuteronomy six on the education issue. Uh, and we're to hold God's commands, his statutes, and his judgments within our hearts and then teach them diligently to our children. But this is what Psalm 18 says. It says, The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of water were seen. The foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. Boy, there's some, there's some heavy stuff in how the Word of God brings things into existence. Uh, I was talking with my boys about that the other night. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. Has God not done that throughout our history? Hundreds of years. I'm not talking about just to the Constitution. I'm talking about hundreds of years even before that. Did he not provide for his people? Yes, he did. And then it says, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, hath he recompensed me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. Why? For his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. Remember, the king was to take the law of God. He was to write a copy for himself. He was to read it. It was to be in his mind. It was to be in his heart so that he didn't go outside of the authority that God gave him, which was to uphold his law. And you see, even in King David, King David departed, you know, in a sense, from going and doing what was against God's law. But God had a covenant with him, and it was that covenant was based upon God. It was not based upon David. And you know what? Ours is the same. It's based upon Christ and the promise made from the Father to the Son, not upon us. Because I'm going to tell you what, if it's up to us to uphold that covenant, we'll never uphold it. We just won't do it. There'll be something that we do where we do that. But the psalmist says, I didn't depart from God. I've kept his ways. Because the judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me, I was also upright before him and kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore, hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, in his eyesight, with the, and he throws in this, he's not just talking, he's not pounding his chest, he says, with the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful, with an upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. And I got to tell you guys, we need to be those who repent and be upright before the Lord and bring back His commandments, His statutes, His judgments. we got about 20 seconds here, Lynn. Tell people where they can find out more about you. Okay, CommonCoreDiva.com. I also have my school choice info kits where you can see uh, we have Charlotte's bumper stickers. Okay, uh, you can go to my website, CommonCoreDiva.com. Hit the Donate uh, tab if you wish to make a donation. Uh, that's fine. If you want the school choice kit, which will tell you how we have embraced the Russian-Prussian school-based model, you can get this as well as online resources as well. And as always, I thank you for any prayer support or any financial support to help me keep going. Thank uh, you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lynn Taylor, CommonCoreDiva.com. Catch Bradley at 3, and we'll see you back here in the morning, 6 a.m. Lord willing. Adios. Adios.